Hey everybody, my name is Nyla, and you're listening to Greener Thoughts, the podcast about environmental news, commentary, environmental facts, and other things you'd like to know. Today's topic is going to be all about how California is now seven years drought-free. So let's get started. So, welcome to Greener Thoughts. Whether this is your first time listening or not, thanks for tuning in. The podcast Greener Thoughts is produced every Sunday and Thursday for your enjoyment. Please be sure to favorite Greener Thoughts, rate and share it, especially if you like it. And lastly, send your thoughts or comments by email to greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. So I want to start off with what needs to be said and go into the reason for this topic and why I chose to go about it and research it for um, this episode. And then last, I'm going to give a, a special shout out to all my listeners, especially those from California, and then get into the topic itself. So um, I really admired and love the positive news, especially about uh, California being drought-free, especially after all this time, because um, California has really gone through it, you know, nature-wise, climate-wise, even though it is a, you know, dry state, mountainous state, desert-like state, um, with some lush areas, um, you know, it's time to consider um, what's to become of California, and I think now we're getting a glimpse of that, that it's not going to be just this um, drought state forever, and it's gotten out of that. Um, other states like New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, um, and, and a myriad of other states, uh, Nevada, Arizona, um, they're crippling too, but, um, you know, would those states, you know, come out of their dry spell as well? Would those states, um, you know, remedy their water shortages? Who knows? But I think California is a peak of what could be for the other states in the West that um, are uh, really struggling with their climate and what's happening with their state. Like, this is really just positive news I wanted to share, and I'm glad that um, my listeners who happen to be from California, I give you a special shout out indeed, um, because you do listen to Greener Thoughts, which I appreciate, um, wholeheartedly, and, uh, this episode is, like, dedicated to all of you, um, those from California, living in California, listening from California, um, it really means a lot. So, the information from this, uh, episode in the news section is coming from uh, HuffPost, or otherwise known as the Huffington Post, and uh, in the environment section. So um, this is really a, a powerful episode, I think, mainly because um, it's going to be brief but intensive with some of the new developments coming out of California, and then I'm going to proceed with the other portions of the show. And um, I'm going to start off with the fact that California is now 93% drought and dry free, which is amazing. And uh, also, 
A side note, Maryland is the first state to pass a phone ban of food containers. Um, I'm so ecstatic and, and happy about that, mainly because I was on the front lines um, when it came to researching um, the food container usage in Maryland, and I have been doing it um, a few times. The um, research and you know being part of the Sierra Club, it was it's a great honor. Even going up to um, my state capitol to speak with legislators and talk with them deeply about the issue and seeing that the ban get passed. It was amazing um, to hear the news um, recently and um, I couldn't be happier. So uh, on with the topic, um, so let's go with um, uh, uh, going into it further. So a name that California lo- no longer in a dry spell is just going to be this part of the segment. And um, California um, just over uh, almost a decade um, of after having um, rain shortages just just pile up and continue, finally can call themselves drought free um, for the first time in about more than seven years. So that is really spectacular um, to hear that finally California is out of the um, the the harm of not having enough water and. And, and drought and having that effect and that is um, particularly amazing I think and at the height of the drought and the aftermath actually um, recent uh, wildfires such as um, the ones that devastated um, Paradise California was one of the most catastrophic wildfires in California's uh, state history and it made it really um, devastating and even now um, you have still thousands of individuals and their families um, suffering immensely still. And um, Paradise is a rural, rural town, and it was um, devastated by the wildfires. Um, but other surrounding towns were too, but Paradise was um, mostly. And um, last November in 2018... Um, and, uh, and up until now, people are still trying to piece together and create some semblance of home and, and a new home and a new normal. And um, they, most of them don't have a permanent space to call home now, which is one of the effects of drought, wildfires. And also, even though this one was caused by human error, um, you know, wildfires do happen and they happen in dry spaces and they happen when the environment just is, is that dry and that... Um, that uh, dry that um, water is just not there and water escapes easily water cannot um, be held there and water um, is in short supply Um, lastly I want to go over is that um, officials from the state of California actually press um, in in try to stick it to people and let them know that climate change is very much progressing and it's rising with the temperatures. So, of course, um, then-Governor you know, Jerry Brown in 2017, he actually, quote, said, um, conservation or, um, must remain a way of life. Um, and, you know, I agree with him. You know, the, the um, conservatism... And conservation of our natural resources is of the utmost importance. You know, do you need um, such a green and lush lawn? Do you need, um, you know, water to survive? Yes and yes. But at the same time, does the fertilizer that you put on that that grass or that mulch or 
uh, for the plants, those things. That stuff costs um, a lot of money to, you know, buy and develop, and it's water intensive as well. Um, golf courses, you know, that those uh, type of activities, luxuries like that are water intensive as well. So there's just many different things of our of our of our our ways of enjoying life as, as people that are water intensive. You know, water parks and and things of that sort. Like it's just. It's gotten out of control, and maybe if we cut back on so much, so much of the leisure activities and, and, and food from halfway across the world that goes bad in the refrigerators, then we wouldn't have um, such a problem, you know, um, especially when it comes um, to water and saving water. Um, now the governor um, of the state of California, he's going a different route. The, the current um, governor that's around and um, in California, he, um, as of yesterday, is actually charging a $10 um, monthly fee to clean up contaminated water in low and um, low income in rural areas, which um, is a topic all in itself. And it's a bigger topic I'm probably going to get into in another uh, episode in the future. And that may be the problem with um, local systems, state systems. Um, of government is that they want to charge and um, explicitly target those who are low income, who happen to be poor, who happen to be uh, living not in the best uh, state to defend themselves. Like they live near um, toxic uh, brownfields or they live near landfills or they live uh, in a congested um, city or on the edge of town um, where developments um, may not be as prosperous. Like you live in a development that's not um, where a lot of people who have money live. I think it was very cowardly for him to um, knowingly put out this fee for those who are low income and those who are in rural areas, they're probably not going to be um, on the city's water. They're probably going to have to have a well or have water shipped in. And if you're low income, you know, that $120 um, per year um, or $10 a month fee for cleaning the contaminated water um, is just an added stress, you know. Um, water should be lead-free, should be arsenic-free. And the fact that um, the now governor of California would go and um, create that new um, uh, fee for those in low income and rural areas is really tragic and it's sad because they're the least um, helped and um, the most pushed around, I think. Um, so that concludes the news portion. I'm going to go into my thought. So my thoughts on the topic itself is that um, the drought that was um, overtaking California. I'm glad that it has passed and California is now in a better place. This is actually some positive climate news. Um, there's other uh, climate news that's important as well, like the New Green Deal and, and, and those type of um, news uh, stories. And I'm going to get into those um, probably in the months ahead, especially when the New Deal is actually like cemented. Um, but, you know, California is not exempt from what climate change will do 
um, to it as a state. Like, it's not exempt, and it has to, you know, change. This is a positive thing. I'm not taking anything away from California. I'm just saying, California, I wish that you stay in um, a positive space where drought is not affecting you, where water shortages and food deserts are not your problem. Californians live healthy, um, prosperous lives, and, you know, take care of your beautiful state. It's a lovely state. It's a wealthy state. It's a powerful state. It's a green state. And, you know, it's a somewhat liberal state. And it's it's going in the right direction, but it's got a long way to go. And so, yeah, I, I, I want for um, even all states to, um, in territories, to get to the point where we as people in each of these states and as individual people in our own lives and, and touching those around us, we put the planet first, you know, that this is a positive thing, that there's no more drought in California and it's on the up and up and I just wish it stays that way. Now, how can a uh, drought be prevented? Well, um, nowadays municip- uh, municipalities and uh, local water boards that you may or may not be on or heard of um, are actually creating drought preparation and mitigation plans, which is a step in the right direction. And so they're constantly trying to um, actively draw predictions and, and monitoring and assessing areas where droughts are more likely to occur and also mitigating those uh, regions so that they are better equipped for um, being drought-free and getting out of droughts easier um, in the next few years. Now, all across the nation, you know, these plans differ widely. Like, there's small, there are small boards, um, small uh, water boards, and big and small uh, municipalities. So, depending on if you have water problems, then there may be money or resources going towards that uh, municipality or not. And so you have to be aware of that too. That's also um, a part of the solution. And that is a way to sink your teeth into this um, growing uh, issue of drought. Uh, California, uh, Californian listeners, um, I want to know your thoughts on this analysis. I want to know how droughts affected you. If you're a farmer if you happen to be um, someone who's wealthy, if you happen to be a business owner who relies on water for some reason, I'd like to know your thoughts. And um, that'd be so great to get that perspective from um, the Californians who happen to be listening in. That really means a lot. Um, deaths by droughts. There was um, more international numbers than um I would like to have had because um, nationally, I think it's important to look at, okay, how many people um, per year um, are dying because of drought-related uh, causes, water-related um, causes, or the lack of water. That was something that I wish um, there were more numbers on. It just, um, internationally, more stats are on those who are affected um by the lack of water or having water problems than drought specifically um, themselves. And then uh, lastly, I want to uh, go into my final thoughts as to, you know, depending on uh, where you live and uh, how you see climate change as a factor or a big environmental factor, I think you're more um, inclined to actually, you know, do something. Um, So for example, 
And when it comes to wildfires, which is a big problem in California, they actually use, you know, prisoners to take the jobs of fighting uh, forest fires. And because of that, um, it reduces their uh, overall sentence and gets them outside in the fresh air and actually pays better than typical prisoner uh, jobs. So that's a, a positive aspect of fighting uh, climate change or the effects of um, climate change, especially when it relates to wildfires. Um, I wonder what other states do when it comes to um, environmental issues that plague them. I would really would have loved to um, hear about that. And I'll probably pick up stories about that, especially things that relate to Maryland, because I'm, you know, from Maryland and live in Maryland. So that would be amazing. So um, those um, are my thoughts, and that concludes the news and thoughts portion of the program. And so I'm going to continue with the Mother Earth Minutes, but I'll go um, and let you know about a quick message and a few. Do you love Greener Thoughts? If you're able to, decide to show your support of Greener Thoughts by clicking the second link in the description box of the episode. It's a direct support link for Greener Thoughts. So the Mother Earth Minutes is just the time in the show where I review in the next few minutes actions that you can take to, of course, combat the issue we talked about in the episode, and as always, save Mother Earth. Now, um, the message for this Mother Earth Minutes and episode is that droughts are drastic, yet are preventable. So, um, I think that the human activity, um, and sociologically speaking, on a, on a natural and environmental level, yes, humans are accelerating climate change. Um, this has been one of the hottest periods um, for humans ever. 2010 was the hottest year for humans ever. There were breaking records all of the time. Um, our transportation sector, um, our food and agricultural sector, um, our work and business sectors, all these different sectors are colliding. And what we're doing to the planet um, is really um, devastating it. And so, yes, we are having um, an impact on the environment drastically. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, put some thoughts out there um, and some actions that you can take, which I do in every episode. Um, and then the Mother Earth Minutes, it's time to, of course, take these tips into action. Um, and a lot of the stuff, um, sometimes the Mother Earth Minutes, it, it is new to me for the first time. Other things I'm well aware of. And so I want to, of course, bring these things to you. So the first tip is to research your state and, of course, inform yourself about um, how your state is prone to certain things, such as drought, um, and prepare yourself as to what to do in case of a drought, um, because droughts can last uh, many, many months and years. Um, For example, in Maryland, I know that droughts aren't really an issue with us, but on the same accord, we are somewhat prone to flooding. Um, hurricane weather can, you know, strike us and we get snow. Um, being on the East Coast, we don't break records probably like uh, New York or other states, but it can be intense for us um, as a state. So um, I 
I have a few uh, websites that you, that you can definitely check out on your own. And I'm going to walk you through um, them uh, one by one. So the first uh, website you can check out is climate.gov and you go to the tab that says map and data and then the tab that says data snapshots and then click the drought tab uh, to the right of the page where you can check out all the information about drought especially as it's happening. There's uh, so much data on that website and it's a government uh, led website. And then NOAA.gov, that is the National uh, Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. And they have a research tab you can definitely click on. And then from there, you can search uh, below to all the various topics that they cover on the website, such as weather, climate, fisheries, and more. So they cover so many different topics. Um, I just named a few. And then the third website you can go to is definitely droughtmonitor.us l.edu it is a website that's updated um, currently like every day and they have thorough um, data analysis and each Thursday at 8:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time they update their drought maps and you can check out by um, region where you fit into uh, their mapping and then um, another uh, state uh, uh, website or government website, the last one is drought.gov, which um, is through the National Integrated Drought Information System. They really have a unique system because it is um, categorized through different states. So if you go to um, drought.gov and then go to the section that says drought and then states, you can click on any state, um, probably not territory, but you can check for yourself and then study and read all the information there. And I just compared uh, for analysis, um, California's drought history stretched over, I think 10, it's from early 2000 or previous to that to now, to Maryland, it was totally um, two different pictures of drought and how they've affected those different states. Um, and currently, um, um, extreme or D3 in exceptional or D4 drought is affecting the following areas of Colorado and New Mexico and severe D, D2 um, drought is presently affecting Alaska, Oregon, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and New Mexico. The second and last tip is that you can uh, give to organizations that are affected by drought and or its effects. So that means wildfires, water shortages, desertification, uh, food deserts, agricultural difficulties that uh, businesses and people are suffering, and other effects and consequences not mentioned here. So I found about four or three, yeah, three different uh, websites that are really great. One of them is charitynavigator.org, which you may or may not have heard of. You can definitely search um, water-related um, organizations and also environmental-related uh, organizations. And then filtersfast.com, um, if you go to articles, and then you can also search uh, water charities, a comprehensive list in their search engine. And I'm gonna link um, the, those following websites um, that you can definitely go to the um, environmental ones that you can uh, aid um, to them and give 
monies or support to them. I'm going to link those in the description box for this episode. And um, then lastly, from the World Bank, um, they have their uh, water and sanitation program website. And so I'm going to link that also in the description box for the episode. So the eco fact of the day is that a deer poultry in Missouri is sentenced to watch Bambi once every month during his year-long prison term. That fact was from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the March and April 2019 issue. So the call to action is just a time in Green of Thoughts where I want to hear your story. You can choose to self-nominate or nominate an individual who, is, who exhibits environmental care, or support. Do you work hard in the environmental field in either an organization or other entity? Either way, let Green of Thoughts know. If you want to tell your story and be in for a unique surprise, please be sure to send a 200-word essay to the email address greenofthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. The Ego Company Spotlight is the time in Green of Thoughts where I want to hear about your environmentally related product or service, and if you'd like to have me review it, I'd be glad to do so and give your product or service some um, TLC and love and care. Um, So since about February, I've been introducing companies that I love and support myself, most of them. And for you who have maybe heard of it, definitely go ahead and check it out. And of course, you can always let me know your thoughts. So today's uh, eco company spotlight is going to bigsandfeatherbell.com or bigsandfeatherbell.com. Uh, the company. Um, so um, if you heard of this company, let me know and share your thoughts. And uh, I'm going to go into it with um, reading you um, a little bit about what they do. So in their background. So Kelly and Casey are two sisters and the uh, winner of 2003 decided to create their company Biggs and Featherbell after stumbling on a soap making article. And uh, they thought that it looked very creative as a venture. And with their background in fine arts and fashion, they both decided to create something wonderful and colorful with their packaging. They created clever names for soaps. And their family and friends, of course, supported them through every step of the way. And being alternative health advocates and defending all natural beauty products, the duo then, then decided to officially make the leap selling their products in local festivals and regional fairs, and eventually store shelves all across the nation. So Biggs and Featherwell products are mostly vegan. So um, they're mostly vegan, um, and all their products are vegetarian. They're mostly vegan because their um, granola salt bar contains honey, and their lip balms, of course, contain beeswax. Um, They're cruelty-free, though. And they're gluten and wheat-free, um, with the exception of the Grizzly Bar and Granola Bar, um, because those contain wheat germ oil. And those are both soaps. And then um, also uh, their Belly Balm for expectant mothers um, has wheat germ oil. They're also pet-friendly, have recyclable packaging and materials, are eco-friendly, and have natural ingredients. Um, and they're mostly known for their soaps and body scrubs um, originally. And that's what also um, got me interested in the uh, company itself. 
So Biggs and Featherbell has an excellent array of collections for uh, every day to even lounge day. Um, so they have an array of different things. They have aroma mists. They have soaps, of course, bath soaks, um, bath fizzies, balms uh, for your body, and uh, body scrubs, butters, perfume oils, and even bargain deals. And I love the smell of their products. They have such really intense and beautiful smelling, sweet smelling products and eco-friendly, of course, um, products. And that's why I initially used them. And I started using their uh, soaps six years ago. So that's the last time I used some of their soaps. But don't uh, be discouraged. Their soaps are amazing. I just haven't had the time to um, keep buying them. And uh, it was their citrus soap gift set. It was seven ounces. That's the one I bought from Amazon. Um, they have the soaps uh, Barbados, and they had a granola bar, the lemon bar, and the tequila bar. Um, but those have been currently unavailable on Amazon, but you can buy them individually um, on their website, which I'll get to in a minute. And uh, on Amazon, though, I just want to warn you that their products... Um, sell out pretty fast or are, in few, are few in stock, but they have wonderful selections either way on Amazon or other sites I'll get to. And uh, for me, their products were of supreme quality, ridiculously inexpensive, long-lasting, unique, and great smelling, and uh, all natural. And, you know, some of their products are definitely vegan. And best usage, best uses of these products, I'd say, are for everyday or ask gifts or presents or uh, party favors for special events or other appropriate occasions. And then lastly, uh, Biggs and Feather Bell can be found online at www.bigsandfeather.com, uh, Amazon.com, eBay um, also, and limited uh, quantities and varieties. Um, but you just have to search Biggs and Feather Bell. That's Biggs, B-I-G-G-S and Feather Bell. Um, F-E-A-T-H-E-R-B-E-L-L-E. And uh, Biggs and Featherwell products are also found at fine health and grocery stores such as Lucky Vitamin uh, and Vitacost online. And also Wegmans and Whole Foods Market in store and among other stores. And you can also look them up on their website um, if you're going to uh, search on different um Locations for their product, just go to uh, the website and then click the locations tab and then start searching there. Biggs and Feather Bell is on the following social media platforms of uh, Facebook at Biggs and Feather Bell, and then Instagram at Biggs and Feather, one word, and on Pinterest at Biggs and Feather Bell, and then on Twitter, they're on Biggs and Feather Bell, and then you can also email them at questions at biggsandfeather.com. Or phone in at 410-225-3345. And lastly, you can also contact them again at uh, the website, www.bigsandfeather.com. And then click the contact tab at the top of the webpage to contact them. So uh, thank you all for listening in to today's episode. I really appreciate uh, all the support. And again, happy uh, Women's History Month. Uh, there are only three more episodes in Women's History Month, so be on the lookout for all those. And as always, if you want to share this episode, especially with a Californian or someone who's affected by drought, be sure to do so. 
and mark this as a favorite episode or favorite podcast so you know to come back to it, especially if you liked it. And I hope you tune in for the next episode. But until then, bye. Thank you.